Hi, I'm Marina Sirtis, and you're going boldly with Beyond Trek Podcast. This is Beyond Trek Podcast, your source for Star Trek on social media and around the web. I'm Big J. I'm Watney. And I'm Dag, the Trivia Master. You can find us on Facebook at Beyond Trek Podcast and on Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. Well, technical issues aside with, with Zoom, thank you very much for the the update that jacked up some of our settings. Let's talk about Lower Decks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Beyond Trek Podcast. We're so happy you're here again for another episode review. I'm Watney. I'm Big J. And I'm Dad. Hi. We're so happy you're here. I think we've had like here. two good <laughs> intros in a row. We've... I know we we're getting smooth fucked now. It up. We, yeah, yeah. we didn't fuck up the intro. <laughs> yeah, um, we're all smiles here this morning. I think um, we <laughs> Big J has us recording at seven in the morning. So no, I'm kidding. Um, hey, it's seven <laughs> where I am. Okay, so. <laughs> that's Sorry. true. Um, you know how it is. We can with kids and stuff. And no, all guys, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's dive in, huh? Yeah, let let's dive in. Um, to episode is... three of season one of Lower Decks, Temporal Edict. Now, Dag, what do you got to tell the audience before we start? If you haven't seen it yet, stop now and come back. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. And thanks for joining us again. <laughs> and please come back. Yes, this please. is, yeah, this is your, this is your, uh, this is your spoiler alert. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go full on out. Um, you know, I kind of want to just get right into it because there's a lot that happened in this episode and, um, a lot, I don't honestly have any, almost anything bad to say. Oh, I know. Okay. I know. That's <laughs> if, if Watney's impressed, then that's, that's a good feat right there. Yeah. Um, so the, in the first scene here, we open up with, uh, Boimler playing this like crystal looking violin <laughs> which was really fun it's like space violin once again like space shovels and space hose um <laughs> this music interlude here was spectacular it, it, yeah, it's I another great, it great thing that you don't expect to see in star trek but it totally works <laughs> I, I love the, the guitar playing the drum playing and please tell me you've got a deck with the, the Klingon. What is the meaning of this base? <laughs> Are you mocking me? And the captain's like, no, we don't even hear it on our end. It must be you. That's the problem. It's like such a Captain Freeman thing, I think. Um, the whole ship is rumbling. Engineer, yeah, whole, today you die. <laughs> it's so funny because like, I'm sure it was coming through like on the Ceratos' end towards the Klingon because you can't hear in space. Although it's really funny that they like zoomed out into like the dead space between the bird of prey and <laughs> and the ceratos and they were like do 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 like you could hear it <laughs> in space which you can't but uh <laughs> i thought that was really funny um you know i and, wonder if beckett mariner got her bass playing lessons from nikki six <laughs> she just she just like comes in i think this was like a talent show or something which is really funny that like a lower decks talent show is going on when there's like a Klingon conversation happening <laughs> on the bridge. Of it's course. like the, like the upper, it's like the senior offices are like whatever. 
they can do whatever we're we're going to conduct all the business and they're like yes <laughs> it's great i just gotta point out how much i love tendy's focus here she's just like look at her face oh, <laughs> she means business so yeah the electric drums you know that she she's been practicing those oh yeah in her spare time like the little cinnamon roll um and then the captain mutes the klingon and is like get down there and stop that yeah and um the security officer what's his name shacks yeah he comes down he's like captain said you're being too loud and he's and was like oh my god i'm so sorry like he, he doesn't like he doesn't care about his violin he doesn't care if he was even loud he cares that the captain thinks he did something bad <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he apologizes that's funny. well he was in the um, wrong place at the right time because mm-hmm. mariner and, and dindy stopped playing and then Boimler started again just as Shaq shows up and he just grabs a mic and brings her out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that um in this case, Mariner was like, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna annoy my mom. Yeah. And, oh, I'm gonna and play so loud she, music in my room. Yeah. Uh it's basically the equivalent of that while my mom's trying to conduct this negotiation with a fucking Klingon who's temper who has a temper, clearly. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just annoy the shit out of her and we see that kind of in the preview for episode four at the end we see her like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so after the scene we get the beautiful title sequence and yeah oh my gosh the ceratos in this episode was the shining star like we we saw so many amazing shots of it and i just love how the animation looks i just think it's absolutely gorgeous it is really nice to see um, you know, the CG effects all come together and yet relate so strongly to the way they used to do the animatics for, say, the Enterprise in, in TNG, because those are all layered effect shots that get composited into one beauty shot of the ship. And now we don't have to layer it anymore. It's just what it is. And it's still gorgeous. Yeah, the, the glow of the um, deflector dish and the nacelles, I just, I just drool honestly yeah. it's just like eye candy almost and I'm, I, w- I would love to know what tato thinks of the ceratos because he's our he's our tech with tech with tato guy um and he i, I would love to know what he thinks about it because mm-hmm. we know we hear i don't think any of the co-hosts are like huge um starship nerds like not like he of, is not like he is but there are people out there who are extremely enthusiastic about the ship design so i'd love to know their thoughts it's kind of mm. growing on me i know he said it was ugly at the beginning but it's kind of growing on me a little bit it's grown a little bit yeah yeah i think uh the galaxy class did that over tng for me because at first i was like that is ugly <laughs> it was like a toilet lid <laughs> like seriously um, but yeah, so we get to see the beautiful Ceratos and yeah, it definitely does not have 26 decks like Tendi mentions later in the episode. Right. Do we even have 26 decks? <laughs> Do we even have that many? <laughs> um, well, there's going to be plenty of uh, beauty shots going on. So I'm okay. going to get on down to that. There was that great log that uh, Ransom was giving. We are going to do some cool diplomatic stuff on Cardassia Prime. And then the ship breaks in space. And, and, uh, you know, we we get this call from the Admiral who's like, we're moving the stuff to Vulcan. You guys can go deliver these gifts to that other planet. Yeah, um, nobody wants to talk with the Cardassians. They're kind of creeping everybody out, which I think was hilarious because we like we know how creepy the Cardassians are oh, yeah. <laughs> like and so it's just like 
just having it openly admitted by an admiral. Of course, admirals are going to deliver the bad news. You yes, know, they always that's, do. What, that's what they do. I wonder what's behind her. You can kind of see like this little lantern thing. Yeah, she's got a lot of naval um, stuff there. And, I, and that's one of the things that is also kind of cool is the animators have taken the time to sort of personalize the quarters for the ranking officers so that you can see the kinds of things they appreciate. In a previous episode, if you look at um, uh, Captain Freeman's office, she's got a baseball in her cubby. Like, homage to Cisco. Yeah. So there's some cool stuff in there. I need to like go back and rewatch because honestly, this show is getting really good and it's like really growing on me. So I think I want to go back and do a one, two, three rewatch. But yep, uh, Jack's like, but we'll be the the funniest or what does he say he's like trying to consult the captain she's not having it <laughs> she, she says the ship is a joke and he says well we're the funniest joke in starfleet then. Yes. like trying to still and she's trying like, to still be the help. best trying to still be the best at something even if we are a joke we're the funniest joke i'm like yeah that may not be the best <laughs> he's very starfleet and i think um I think the, I think the crew of the Ceratos like all has their reasons for kind of being on this ship, and I think we'll discover Bransom's reasons as as we continue on through this season. Mm-hmm. But um, I think this this episode, especially these early scenes, kind of show <clears throat> Captain Freeman feeling maybe like rejected from Starfleet, and I think that even further. Uh, that further supports my theory that we talked about in our second episode review, which is that her daughter is an augment. She uh, got involved in genetic uh, uh, upgrades for her kid and she was caught. And so she's pissed that she's on the Ceratos. And because we know that she's a good captain, like, mm-hmm. She's cut out for the job. She has the right attitude. But, um, and this also could have to do with that little light that flew inside her too. So lots of things. We haven't just, we haven't even picked that up yet. So anyway. Secret possession by a grumpy captain. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, anyway. no, it'd be very interesting to see her growth. And this is a pretty good ransom episode. He has some, he leaves some questions to be answered by the, by, by the episode's end. Yeah, I, I I like him more and more. I think he's very interesting. So that there. Uh, yeah, we jump over to the brig where they're test the the lower decks group that we love. Our the friend group is che- is checking out the uh, brig force field integrity, and Mariner makes a mistake here. Yeah, <laughs> right which is him. not which is not uh, which is not like her to do that. Um, so yeah, they, they're testing the integrity from within and, and outside the brig and, uh, and then once they're done, Mariner's like, Oh, let's have a margarita. <laughs> but we know it's like synthahol. And we also, this is another thing about her drinking a lot when not being affected. So one of the things about this scene is that she could just be joshing Boimler. Like we don't get to see what the settings on the phaser are. And it just seems it could just be something that's like prankish. So like, oh yeah, it was totally set to stun when it really was. <laughs> yeah, it could be, but it, I think she says it like a subdued enough to make you make the audience believe that it was actually a genuine mistake. Right, and I, I like that it can sort of 
go in the ways. Um, You know, I like it better than it might have been set to kill. (laughs) It's just terrible. Well, she did change Uh, the setting on it. You heard heard her hit the button. So I don't know. She may have not had it on stun. Yeah, it's true. So after the force field test is done, we learn the the plot device that will be kind of the not the plot device, but just the concept that kind of is the crux of the episode. The truth buffered the buff buffer time mm-hmm. um and so tendy's like isn't that lying <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah this was get, perfect I, I think that this kind of like plays into something everyone can understand because this is something that uh, the majority of people who work like regular jobs like mm. do is you gotta buff the time that you think is something's gonna work on and honestly i think that the, the the moral of the episode plays into Mariner's attitude, which is do what you do to have to do to get the job done, but don't worry about the time crunch and don't follow the time protocol so much. And mm-hmm. I, so I think that the Cerritos starts to like bend a little bit more towards Mariner's ideology there, but we get to see Dr. Ta'ana be like happy for once. <laughs> Five hours. <No. laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> Five hours. That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and Jay, I'm sure, you know, uh, during this whole pandemic time working from home, there are times where we have tasks and the tasks are expected to take a certain amount of time. And we know that if we can if we can complete that task as expected within a certain amount of time, and whatever's left can just kind of feel like reclaimed time. You can go get up, get a get a glass of get something to drink and something like that, um, a glass of water because mm-hmm. working hours you don't want to have a, a synthaholic margarita. Right. Working. Right. Yeah. No, but no, definitely but not. I totally related to this because it was like, man, I got my task done. I've reclaimed some time. I can you know the stress level can come down a little bit. Yeah, uh, from doing that, and I love Boimler here because this is really uncharacteristic for it him. It is. He just he just downs this margarita, just poof, yeah. done. But that's a lower decks way. Well, and, and yeah. Dag, to point a, a little more to what you were saying, you're you're right because <clears throat> I, I'm I really enjoyed how this episode focused on that trope of that buffer time, and then the whole. Uh, you, you didn't tell the captain how long it would really take, did you? Which was that that line from. Uh, Scotty in TNG's yeah. episode Relics. Jordy uh, mm-hmm. well, told Captain Picard exactly how long something would take. And Scotty was <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? You don't do that. And and you're right, because I I have certainly had those occasions with, with the kind of work I do in, in the technical field in, in IT. I have an idea as to how long a particular thing should take. Mm-hmm. Sure. But here's the problem is if you if you pad that and say, okay, well, this is supposed to maybe take 15, 20 minutes to accomplish, but you say an hour, what happens is if you get it done sooner, great. If something happens that you're not expecting, you've got to have that buffer time because otherwise, yes, there is nothing to gain by trying to make that estimate so tight that you're putting the stress on yourself because if it gets done sooner, Great. That always looks a lot better than if you tell a customer, okay, I'm going to switch out this router and it's going to take me 15 minutes. Right. Sure. Best case scenario, take 15 minutes. But I've had those occasions where you say that you put it in and something does not go right for oh, yeah. whatever reason. You're not, you know, it doesn't go right. And so here it is yeah. you're a half hour in, you told him it would take 15 minutes. Now you're screwed. So buffer, buffer yeah. time. Put, put buffer that time. In. 
it's kind of like um it's very interesting because like in, in tng so many times we see jordy talking to picard and picard's like this is a problem right now and you need to fix it right now we're all gonna die and jordy's like okay i'll make it work and he does make it work <laughs> because he's jordy on the enterprise but this right. is not the enterprise these are these are starfleet officers this is lower decks so um you know they're they're not going to be perfect they're not going to be jordy we know rutherford is not jordy right. even though he tries to um he, he'll get there someday but it's just like it's about the characters who make the ship run mm -hmm. and i think a lot of this ha is is a, it's kind of a great message because once you have once you reclaim that time I, personally i'm a fan in my my work day of saying okay here's this task i'm going to focus hardcore for 15 30 minutes get this done and then i'm gonna like reassess and let my mind like decide what i'm gonna do next and maybe go for a walk and get a glass of water maybe get a snack or something and i think that breaking up your day in that way and my for just me is more productive than saying like i'm gonna work non-stop from like 8 to 5 p.m uh with like a one hour break i just my, my brain doesn't work well that way and i work really good in chunks so this was uh this was kind of refreshing to see like hey you know at the end of the day get it done how you need to focus on your mental health make sure you're not caught up in the rat race and uh have a margarita yeah and we got to keep in mind that like with the exception of mariner these three guys they're like they're fresh out of college and i remember being fresh out of college having focused in my major that like that was the thing that was at the forefront of my mind yeah and you've got you've got tendy who's a medical officer i don't know why a medical i thought she was science but she's a medical officer mm -hmm. and she's got the bedside manner but she's got the bedside manner that is undeterred by having trauma and death going through it like we mm -hmm. can see we can clearly see tana's been through some hell like yeah. her, her whiskers are uneven her ears snipped i wonder if that means she's been spayed like is that a thing um, that? um i think i don't know but she did hiss this episode so that which we'll great. get more into but yeah we but get spayed that the, the, the whole uh, point you, it's it's just called it's just called getting your tubes tied at that point <laughs> so. not in their culture you got spayed they're cats <laughs> they're humanoids the point that i'm trying to make is that um we we as as adults with some experience under our belt need to give some leeway to our three uh lower decks you know not mariner mariner's been around a little bit mm -hmm. but the other three they're fresh out they're focused on the thing that they did in in, in the academy and they haven't had to suffer the losses and the failures and the accidents that the other people on the crew have you mm -hmm. know in this episode we see a whole bunch of scars that mariner has because she's been places mm -hmm. and so their optimism hasn't been balanced by you know these threats yet which is yeah. something that i think that um you know keeping in mind helps make sense of their character they're kids yeah they are slugging margaritas um so yeah freeman gets pissed she goes around the, off the not the office what am i saying she goes around this to her starship and she's like uh what is buffer time she's pissed oh, off and then yeah. she corners boimler in their turbo lift he's like i have to be honest to my captain <laughs> um <clears throat> so then you know we get the we get the edict of the episode yep uh, of you need to be on time uh you are going to be timed throughout your day and you need to check in every minute which is just so ridiculous 
I had a job that used to do this where you had to clock every minute that you worked. If it was like oh, over yeah. five minutes, you had for like a uh, for a client, you had to bill that. And I was like, that's gonna I'm gonna take more time in my day tracking my time than I am actually yes. working. Yes, yeah. you take more time tracking your time, more time putting in those those notes or whatever so, yeah absolutely. yeah and i take meticulous notes about what i do work on mm -hmm. but sometimes it's like oh i need to get this done and then you like you know it took 30 seconds to do that so anyway uh we get the I, edict of the episode i feel like mariner like knows it was boimler but she blames delta shift anyway. i know <laughs> delta shift they think they're better than us because they are better than us. <laughs> and then he makes the speech about we're starfleet we can do this and then like a week later no. Yeah. And everybody's I streaming. <laughs> I think a I think a podcast named Delta Shift would be great. Um anyone listening, cool. if you want to start your own podcast, that's a great name. <laughs> I thought it, well No, Watney, we don't need any more competition. Don't give them ideas. Whatever. The more the merrier. Yeah, but we get these beautiful <laughs> shots of the Ceratos again, kind of spiraling because it's like the Ceratos is like, What are you doing to me? Like it's personified a little bit here. And you can People, hear all the screaming. Yes. Oh yes. I was <laughs> like, wow, they're really going in. Um, I didn't look too much in too much detail at this. I'd like to rewatch it and see precisely what everyone's working on. We get to see an Andorian. Um, people are just running around freaking out. Um, and then Mariner comes by and she's like, I gotta go on an away mission with ransom. It's gonna be lame. It's like it's actually gonna be really cool. So yeah, this is this is a workplace where you are being micromanaged. Yes. yes. This, is, this is a workplace where you are constantly looking over your shoulder, trying to make sure that no one is going to come after you for being two seconds late. Um, and, and I think I felt I related so much to this, even though it is sort of exaggerated and satirized. But I related so much to this as somebody who came from a work environment in the past that was heavily micromanaged. You are more worried that your boss is going to come talk to you than you are about getting the task done. And that is what leads to all kinds of this, this kind of failure on the ship is mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're so anxious and so scared and so worried mm -hmm. that, that the jobs that you could get done, even in the same amount of time, are taking longer because that anxiety is, is crippling, you know, rationality. Yes, yeah. you've got that heightened stress level. Yeah, I would honestly just like act tra transfer. <laughs> if, this <was> my, <laughs> if this was my ship, I'd be like, see ya. Because this is not how I, I live my life. It's not how I want to live my life. I like to take my time and live in the moment. And like I've had anxiety in the past and no, sir. No, bye. Another, I'll see you later. <laughs> I think one cool moment in this sequence is... Um, uh, Beckett is running through saying she's late for Ransom's away mission, which uh, we were pointing out, you know, maybe things that are a little bit unlike Beckett, but for her to be so, you know, I, I just expect her to be like, eh, this time stuff is dumb and just saunter through the halls like she always did. But mm -hmm. here she's like, she's booking mom. it. She's booking it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so I think that might demonstrate a little bit of like Boimler and Beckett are rubbing off on each other. Boimler's learning how to take yes. it a little bit easier. And Beckett is learning that sometimes you have to play as a team and that means following the rules. Yeah. Right. Great insight. I totally agree. I think that they're all hanging out now more and she's kind of, and he's like, I'll have a margarita, whatever. It's just a Lord X way. And she's like, I gotta be on schedule. Although she's still, she's still going to call on away mission lame. 
So. And, and it's also been a week since this happened. So maybe she got like a stern talking to off screen, like get your stuff together or get packing. We can't demote you anymore. <laughs> right, no. right. We can't send you yeah. back to the Academy. They won't take you. Yeah. 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 So, so we see everyone rushing around and Boimler's like having the most fun of his life. Look, his pad's green. Yeah. Um, I love that we get to see pads more. These are great. They're beautiful. I want to get like a prop so bad. Uh, Let's see. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) One of the things that this scene reminded (laughs) me of was at the beginning of the last episode on Voice, um, Boimler is talking about how he got the coolest, you know, diplomatic duty to, to go escort the Klingon ambassador. And Beckett says something along the lines of, what's your idea of, of, of real fun, you know, work? And here he is having the time of his life working, getting everything done marvelously. Mm-hmm. He's one of the few, he's one of the few you see who's not exhausted. Yeah. And he's yeah. just, this is his, this Element. is his zone. Yeah, exactly. He's, this is his wheelhouse. I completely... Well, Mariner looks great in that in that screenshot. Look at that. Her hair is like, boo. Yep, she woke like up like all that. business. I woke yeah. up like this. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we, we see we see Ransom helping in his own way, which is just commanding. Um, <laughs> yep. And he's like, an away mission is only routine until it isn't. <laughs> like, don't we all know that this is this won't be uh, this won't be a routine away mission um they kind of like they kind of uh go back and forth mariner comes up and she's like you were telling us that weird story about your sister your sister's friend or something i don't know um and then he ba- they basically banter a little bit and he's like rolled on those sleeves this isn't a barn and that's where her annoyance comes from it's like what? yeah she's yeah. like what are you i'm working yeah dude like i'm a working ensign i get shit done so they they fly down i thought it was so funny he's like there's some high <laughs> there's some disturbance in the atmosphere she's like they're called clouds <laughs> <laughs> yes. you're gonna beam down what'd you say nothing <laughs> <laughs> uh so they're on this away mission and this is kind of a very this is a very funny species to me because they're all about crystals yeah. And they hate wood. Like it's just a weird thing. They're on this mission to basically like help them set up something, I forget, and they need this specific crystal in order to yeah, they're supposed uh, make, to... make like a welcome. F- yeah, it's like the friendship crystal. They uh yes. the first contact team gave it to them. And, and this is the perfect example of of the show and their mission. So the first contact already happened and then they moved on and then the second contact team comes in for all the fine details the uh the, the talking the chatting negotiating the mm-hmm. uh, you know all, all of that and i i like that we got to see uh the loading of the shuttle the prep work of the actual away mission yes uh just those those little details and because everyone's so so stressed so freaked out you you get the wrong the wrong luggage packed and it turns into this this diplomatic nightmare. Then he gets stabbed. This is one of those moments where where if if there are kids watching this who are like, he he brought he brought wood. Ha 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 funny. And the the innuendo that is throwing up for the adults is he's got wood. He's got wood. And the adults are laughing because of the innuendo. 
10 years later, kids are going to rewatch this and go, uh, yep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's also a fertility totem. So <laughs> exactly. it's yes. as if to, and he's like, you wood huggers, <laughs> crystals, 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 or all have crystal earrings. It's hilarious. Um, Ransom's like, I got this under control. Oh shit. <laughs> then his crewmate gets stabbed. The poor bullion. Um, Mariner comes over. She's like, we live on a spaceship. Nobody's dying from a spear wound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Ransom's like, I'm going to. Oh, ooh, good oh, shot. Wow. That was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> that screenshot there makes it, it, it hurts. Like I kind of recoiled in pain. <laughs> <laughs> Watney doesn't have the appropriate equipment and she's still cringing. (laughs) So yeah. uh, It's funny that her he complains about her sleeves being rolled up and then her arm her her she just tears off like her uniform. Like use it as a yep. She's, she's like, tourniquet. yeah, and he gets hit, and she's like, "All right, that was awesome." I just like, <laughs> I don't know, that's so funny. She gets oh. circled by spear. She's like, "What is this? The twenty-two C's, my Kirk?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love her. I love her. She, you know, you know, in my head, thinking about that, she's like me. If I somehow ended up transported in Starfleet, be like making all the references. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like wow, this is like that time on the Enterprise where Doctor Crusher got trapped in a warp bubble. Wait, you know about those things? Yeah, the way to cure it is just go to Tal Alpha C. We'll be fine. No, we've established, we've established that in, in order to role play within the Trek universe, you have to know these references because your DM is going to mm-hmm. make these references. Yes. And in order to say that you're a great officer in in character, you have to know everything about the show yeah. because you're just like a fanboy. <laughs> so, um, okay. Next scene, we're back on the Saratos, and uh, we get a cool alien reference here with Rutherford uh, spilling acid through the decks. Um, the Which captain, comes into play later. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. So the captain starts to take over the bridge. The mis- mistakes are being made because even her bridge crew can't handle the strictness. And um, and then the I think it's Galrakians. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they attack and um and she's like, huh? Seriously? Shields up. It was just like the 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 great. I just loved her attitude there. So she starts to like take everything over as and Shax is like, I can't put the shields up. <laughs> she's like, I got this. Um. So the the Galrakians board, they attack with like pods, boarding pods. They push into the ship with spears, which is hilarious because mm-hmm. like Rutherford's, Rutherford's like swords and spears. How'd they come board? <laughs> Just, it was really funny. She's and the captain is making this speech during this whole scene, being like, "You must repel the invaders, but don't think that gives you an excuse to not live up to your duties on time." Yes, yeah. which was unbelievable. Yeah, keep that, keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, and <clears throat> excuse me, and multitask. They do it all the time on the Enterprise. Is what she said. Well, you know, think about it this way: customer service, but also make sure all your all your stocks get inventoried and stocked. That's yeah. Like, ah! <laughs> customer service uh, that's my background <laughs> i remember it uh so yeah we go back down to galrak five or galrak five and mariner is basically trying to get into the head of this guard and she's like is this really what you want to do with your life he's like actually yeah she's like oh well then that makes you lame <laughs> he can't and win yeah he, he just can't win and um and she's just like getting in his head and and jack 
is like, we may come from different world. <laughs> He's scratching it with a crystal. Be quiet. I'm writing this speech. It's going to get us out of here. It's just like the funniest thing. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a quote from something that I didn't look up, but... In a way, he's kind of like Picard. You know, he tries to talk his way out of everything. He yes. tries to be diplomatic when it comes to stuff like this. And I think this is kind of an homage to um, Picard a little bit. Uh, the leader of Galrak 5 uh, comes comes into the scene as Mariner and Jack are basically bantering and arguing with each other and so he announces to them that they're going to have to uh, save their away team's lives via trial by combat and they're going to have to fight Vindor which usually usually has a cooler entrance but he was just too excited this <laughs> time so here he is um, yeah so they're going to be fighting for the away team's life and uh, it's, a very, it's a very funny scene because he's like this is the um what kind of geo did he say it was called? The the judicial Ju geo something like or something. The yeah. Constitutional adjudication geo. geo yes. Or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, this basically it's, legally lets us smash our bad guys. <laughs> adjudication geo. Crystal. It's a fucking great name. Crystal. I mean, Crystals. Totally the whole time they're just saying crystals. <laughs> And then they uh, they chuck this sword out. It's like one of you gets to decide who who fights Vendor, and uh, you have a one day to decide. And they're like me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they start fighting fight over it. <laughs> yeah. Um, then they start fighting over it, and then we. Um, I think I think we actually go back to the Ceratos for a quick second, and Boimler starts. Yeah, he starts. Um, he, they're like, well, we have you surrounded. He's like, yeah, but I, I have a phaser. And then yeah. he's just phasing them, which is like, thank you. Trek, like thank you for being like, no, it's really stupid that <laughs> that if these high-tech officers always mm -hmm. get overtaken by people with spears. Yeah. Like, such a I like how he walks up to this graffiti and he like, I think he takes a screenshot of it on his on his pad and is like, translates it. And it's like, oh, well, that's not very nice. Yeah, he uses Google Translate <laughs> on it. <laughs> Because he translates it, it just says something like mean. <laughs> yeah, um, I forgot what it. What did he goes to the bridge and Shax <laughs> punches him out? He's like, "Oh, it's just that huffy incident." He's like, "I'm not huffy." <laughs> and then the they're banging on the door. They're like, "Where are you hiding your crystals?" He's like, "We don't have crystals. We we have dilithium crystals, but we're not getting those." Yeah. And he. He comes to the realization that uh, even the people on the bridge are being subject to all the time stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we get these rabid crystal <clears throat> lovers. Yep. Uh, yeah. So then we get into kind of the meat of like the not maybe the meat of the plot, but we get into the the headbutting of a commander who followed protocol and a command officer, an ensign who didn't, but are still two very capable people. Mm -hmm. And so they fight over the sword and uh, Mariner's like, rank means nothing in this situation. And Ransom's like, rank means everything always. <laughs> He's just completely counteracting what she's saying. Um, and she's like, I do get off on breaking protocol. And protocol is for people who need to be told what to do, which I don't. By the way, here are all my cool scars. Yep. 
And uh, so let's, I, I kind of listed out her scars here. So she has a scar from a tentacle guy stabbing her with a barnacle blade. She has a scar from Magnus Three, Nanibia Prime, and Scottsdale. She said so, that was a mess. <laughs> like Arizona Scottsdale? Yeah, Scottsdale, or, Arizona. <laughs> she's like, that was a mess. I'm like, what happened in Arizona? <laughs> Fun fact. Um, there's an episode of The Next Generation where Guinan pulls out a rifle from behind the bar and shoots it into the roof of 10 Forward to stop a bar fight. Mm-hmm. That gun was from Magus 3. Oh. There's nothing else about Magus 3 in the whole of canon except for that gun and now that Mariner has a scar. Oh my God, they're from there. really seriously wow. like wow. Kind of references. Additionally... Nanibia Prime isn't a place, but Nanibia Prime is a place. In With a P? Nanibia, as opposed to Nanibia. And I looked up Nanibia, and it's it is uh, or the one that um, the one that Mariner says she has. Nanibia is on a list of like a fourth rate gaming world of the federation with no other detail but it references the voyager episode vis-a-vis which references nanipia prime mm-hmm. which is a holodeck which is a holodeck program that tom paris has of dancing women oh so oh, i don't know if bit. that was if that's just lost. a roundabout reference but or like right. a loss in translation or subtitling it could have been nanipia um, and i hope it was because it, awesome. it had to be yeah um so then ransom basically just stabs her in the foot he's like i'm taking this and she's like why would you do that ah (laughs) and they just kind of like have a moment here which is very interesting to me that they went this direction with the episode um and with these characters because we didn't really know a lot about ransom but it's cool to kind of see like the command the two sides of command like buttheads and Mm -hmm. um he definitely breaks protocol by stabbing her. <laughs> Which is a court martial so. offense. <laughs> yeah, he attacked another officer. So yeah. um, especially as a command officer, like a commander, doing yeah. that to an ensign is not okay. Like you're supposed to be on the same team. And he keeps saying it's our team, not my team. But he's right. acting like it's his team. Like he's not allowing his team to help out. So I think it really just demonstrates here their disparate approaches to being an officer in command. And I mm-hmm. think I think we also sort of mentioned this in the past, and this conversation gives really good stuff, is that Jack, you know, he's having a lot of fun with Starfleet, but he also has this, he knows when to follow the protocol more than his own stuff mm-hmm. and that that's what got him that's what got him rewarded into command whereas mariner may have started out like that and then started shucking protocol to do the right thing mm-hmm. and it's not because she's a bad officer it's just because you can't really rely on someone who can't follow the protocols all the time if you want the pips you really have to be trusted to be able to re- be relied upon when lives are on the line and i don't care if you're the best officer in the fleet if i can't trust you I'm not going to be able to promote you because that means I'm, I have to, t- I'm basically telling the rest of the crew, they can trust you when they really can't. Yeah. It's the, she's unpredictable and right. ransom is not right. Ransom knows when to do what it is. And they, they do that, 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 that exchange you point out my team versus our team that I think that's important. Yes. I completely agree. And this is obviously like they start to think, 
each other are hot in this episode. <laughs> and this is like, this right here is bonding via shared trauma of, you know, that's basically what this is. It's like, they have this, they, they spend this time together and they are forced to talk about mm -hmm. these things. So, uh, yep, there she is. There's her stab wound. Thanks, dude. Um, he's just looking at her like, I'm sorry. I had to do this. I just think he looks really cool under pressure here. Like, he's not, like, upset that she's going to die. He's just like, I did what I had to do yeah. so that yeah. I put myself on the line. <laughs> then and he then goes he's like, full Kirk. <laughs> yes. Rips his shirt ripped. off and then Kool-Aid mans his way through <laughs> the door. Into like, the... <laughs> how, how, how did he stay in the prison if he just could kick his way out of it? <laughs> because he's following the rules of these. It's basically prime directive. He's following the rule. Not really prime directive. I guess that's true. But he's following the rules of this uh, situation. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway. Uh, and we get to meet Vendor, and he's like, "I'm just gonna—I don't even need my sword." Right. <laughs> this is such a big homage to the the Kirk yes. fights. Uh, I mean, With every movie he's doing, yes, yes. Uh, and that was that was what I enjoyed so much about this uh, episode was the the homage of uh, the whole buffer time thing, uh, mm -hmm. you know, over overestimating how long it would take to do something and the, uh, the, the, the fighting, the old school Starfleet fighting that you would see from the original series. And, uh, and, and it carried over into um, TNG and DS9. It's like the, the double fist punch is the, yeah. the, the staple, the bread and butter of Starfleet fighting. <laughs> Did he oil up right before the fight? I don't know. I think it's like supposed to be him ah, sweating and Mariner's yes. like, Mariner's like, wow, he's so ethical. It's so hot. It's just like, she's like, get it together. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's just, he's definitely shining in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and so we go back up to the Ceratos and Boim there's graffiti all over the top. Uh, Boimler is consoling the captain and helping her figure out this situation, which I think really just solidifies in my head that he is where he's supposed to be. He's just learning his way and finding his way through all of this. Uh, and Shax is like, if you're going to inspire some sort of resolution, then inspire it now. It's so meta <laughs> in, in my opinion. Um, at, the, at the end of the day though, the, the captain is like, the message is the message that the captain gives is you should break any rule and protocol in order to get the job done. And, and that inspires your crew once again to kind of like, break the shell of formality, break the shell of schedule and get the job done. So she makes a speech and they take the ship back over again. And the crystal guys like Tahana, she's like, she like jumps at that guy. It's great. <laughs> yep. And this is just the resolution of that speech happening and the crew getting their resolve back to do whatever mm -hmm. it takes. Uh, you know, this mm -hmm. one guy, he like singles out two of them. Yeah. Look at that. Jeez. Yeah. That was good. It's great. So Vinlor is like, he starts talking and he's like, you can talk? <laughs> he's like, yeah, um, I just act dumb. So they, I just act big and dumb. I love to read. <laughs> <laughs> I love to read. He's still yeah. And, and so Ransom's like, fine. And then the guy's like, uh, fine, you won. You're all free to go. Yep which is great. It was all just like kind of a game to them. It wasn't actual, like it wasn't their historical, like, right. like uh, it wasn't any part of their culture. It's just like them trying to figure out how to punish visitors for arbitrary reasons. Since now they're in the Federation and they can do stuff like that. I don't mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So the way party gets freed. Awesome. 
Um, yeah, then then Ransom comes down this like hallway and Mariner's like, <laughs> Mariner's what are your just, priorities, buddy? Yeah. And he just like scoops her up and bridal carries her. Yep. Just takes off. And then yep. they're like, let's make, uh, let's make uh, adjudication cars or something like that. Crystal He's like, cars. we have to stop using trial by combat or we'll never get to use the geode. <laughs> Then when He's like, how about race. a regular trial with the judge? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the 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 there's oh look, it's the engineer, chief yeah. engineer. That's great. Um, they take back the ship completely. Uh, then yeah, this is when Tana hisses at him. Did, and did did you catch the? Uh, I think that was that was another classic Kirk move. Was the the jump and the double. The double the leg kick. kick. Yeah. yeah. Look how tired that trill looks. Oh my God. <laughs> She's so tired. Yeah. Uh, Boimler's like, he's kind of acting first officer here, honestly. Um, Seems like it. Beautiful ship. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shot. Um, so yeah, then then Shax goes back down to, after they get the graffiti off and he's, and they're like, sorry, that was, it wasn't very, it was very uncrystal like of us to treat you this way. <laughs> I like how phasers so can funny. be used to, to polish off graffiti. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <sighs> yeah. Quick job. May they make quick work of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, we get to see Shax here. Who's kind of a badass. We love him. Hop back over to the ship and they're clinking margaritas again. We love it. Um, and we go to sick bay where mariner and tana have a fun exchange and she's like i want to keep my scar <laughs> and uh she's like well congrats you look like a bleep scratching post which people are upset about cussing in star trek there you have it um i don't know it's bleeped out so i don't know how you feel about that if you feel whatever occasions things, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel like a you look like a fuzzball scratching post. <laughs> that's what my cat would say <laughs> yeah um so she's so ransom is acting all sad here and he's like i have already packed my free weights there's a lot of them <laughs> well he's afraid he's going to get court-martialed by yeah, dude, no, mariner's no, no. report and mariner's yeah. like i'm not going to file a report and he's yes. like oh okay you know him Once spending again, mariner's like shaping the place around people around her in mm -hmm. order to be a little more protocol breaking what do you say what do you say big j i, I was going to say uh, ransom spending all of his off-duty time lifting and working out and the dumbbells that just fits him he's he's such a jabroni you know i can just picture that guy <laughs> that's all he's doing is doing curls in his in his quarters and he's chin supposed ups. to be riker on speed right yes. yeah yeah yeah. yeah um and and then <laughs> they almost like kiss in this episode it looked like it looked like a lean-in which was like uh, he was just being a jerk you that's think? I, I don't think so. I think he that's, knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, I or, he's say. maybe a little bit oblivious, but it's a funny that they like they had them like get closer and then they they just like <laughs> fucked at other writers. Under arrest. Yeah, and so I, I think like and Dag and Big J, you've heard me talk about this before, but romance and Trek for me, like I enjoy it being a long burn, which means like. Mm -hmm. You know, it needs to take its time and have like a reason to exist in the plot. It can't just exist to exist. And so I think that this might be the start of that, which is exciting. It's fun. I like yes. to see it. And she's like, I'm going to dance in your blood. That was hilarious. <laughs> and, and, and then blood. he's like, and he's then like, he's like, like, whoa, hot. That, that's kind of hot. <laughs> yes. 
And Watney, I, I totally agree with you. I I think that we don't need any more of, of those um, season finale romances. You know, the the, the ones where okay, it's it's yes, the end like of the season or the end of the series. Right, right. We don't need a seven and Chicote uh, where suddenly it's just it's slapped on. Um, and and you know, here here's the thing. I when I did the rewatch of of Voyager a couple of years ago. There was a little bit of setup on that, so, but I remember my my first impression of it, um, the first time the the uh, series aired, the the series finale, it did feel tacked on. Well, I hadn't watched every episode, but then when I when I did, there I think there was one or two episodes that was a little bit of setup, but not not much. And back in those days, two episodes of setting up any relationship was was a lot. Usually, it was. Your your this is the last of the of the series. Let's just go ahead and have everyone hook up, and it did feel tacked on. Um, yes. So if yes. they're going to do that here, I appreciate that. If if we are going to have some kind of ransom slash mariner thing, that they're building up to it, and it's not going to be suddenly out of nowhere on the season finale of Lower Decks that suddenly they're they're yes. they're together. Yeah, and I was like so glad that they're they didn't end up like kissing because yep. that mm -hmm. would have been really weird yeah. you know it's weird and that the writers knew that yeah yep. i mean yep. it is weird like it's a weird combination but i think like the trial by fire like situation that they were in kind of led to them getting to know each other more <clears throat> mm -hmm. and it's really awkward because like he's the xo and that's like her mom is the captain yeah right. Right. <laughs> she may even like use that to get at her mom like i don't know Oof. we'll see yeah i know so I could see her up, doing that, but like maybe he'll be in on it. I don't know. We end up with Boimler in the captain's office and she's commending him for the advice that he gave her on the bridge when everything's yes. going to heck. And it's not so much in a way that he really appreciates because they make this new rule. <laughs> That's all about breaking rules and, and, and taking time. And he's like, he's like, can't we add a little section about how following protocol to the letter blindly is, is supposed to be good? And <laughs> he's like pleading with her and she's like, oh, oh, there's a plaque. It's already there. Yep. We, there's no names on this um, that we can see. I know, Dag, when you make plaques for various like projects, you like to hide a bunch of cool names in there. Mm -hmm. But here's, here's your plaque. Yep, Formula here, effect. here it is. Hanging up in your And quarters. everyone's like, no, we'll forget it. Everyone will forget it soon. And then there's like this scene, which is very reminiscent of, yeah, once again, beautiful shot of the ship. Mm -hmm. You get that delta on the side. Look how cool that is. But everyone on board is like, no, you're fine. You're fine. All the lower decks people are consoling Boimler. No right. one will remember this. And then they jump to the far future, which is a very, I will say, and Big J, we've already talked about this. Mm -hmm. The scene here is very reminiscent of the beginning of Serenity. Yes. With yes. The, the Firefly movie. The kids in the class. With the kids in the classroom, all sitting at a desk. They look very similar to the desks in Serenity. I went back and rewatched the scene. It's just like impeccable. It's surrounded by greenery. They're outside. Yeah. Um, so we get to see Boimler holding his plaque. And I forgot what she said about the eagle. Oh, so she she talks about Boimler being the laziest, most, you know, lackadaisical officer in Starfleet. And the eagle is a reference to the great bird of the galaxy, which is what uh, Gene, one of Gene Roddenberry's nicknames. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So that's what the eagle is a reminiscent of there. But then she goes and she's like, so let's talk about the greatest officer in Starfleet. <laughs> and it's Miles O'Brien. I lost it. <laughs> Period. Period. So good. Oh. Yeah, he deserves that for all the dumb shit that yes. he went through. And, um, and if you're listening and you're like, why does it have to be Miles? Think about it this way. Miles is the original lower decker. Yes. He shows up in the very first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation as a one-pip red shirt. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to be Miles freaking O'Brien, academy instructor, war veteran, you know, chief yeah. ops. He just, he has one of the best, if arguably the best, career arcs in yes. Star Trek. I totally yes. agree. He rolls his sleeves up because he gets the job done, just like Mariner. I mean, right, really, th- think about it. He, his, his arc... You, you take the uh, uh, TNG, the, the uh, premiere encounter at Farpoint, and you've got O'Brien. Even though you don't see him for a while after the after the fact, you've got this character that was from the beginning of TNG to the end of DS9. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the only mm-hmm. person that would come close to that is is Worf. Uh, you know, we we got eleven seasons worth of of Worf. Uh, and Worf, of course, was was there at the start of, of TNG. But I think O'Brien, really, when you think about it, he's Dag is right. Huge career arc with yes. with Chief O'Brien. And I love pointing this out, but in the foreground, in the center here, there's a little Boimler with the maroon hair. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's. It, it might just show like in the future we'll we're still going to be having people who are going through the school stuff. Also, school's outdoor because of coronavirus. Oh nice. God! Hopefully it's all fucking over by then. Hopefully it's <laughs> over by midsummer next summer. So, oh. yeah. So we made it through our our uh, episode three review. I know mm-hmm. this was a shorter one for those of you listening. I know we usually put out a little bit longer of episodes, but this one um, we didn't have a whole lot to discuss because we we just loved it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Patreon at Beyond Trek. Um, we are on Instagram now at Beyond Trek Podcast. Follow us there. I run that page. Dag runs our Twitter at Beyond Trek Pod. Um, so talk, give it, give a shout out to him there. And uh, we also have a Facebook Beyond Trek Productions. So thank you so much for listening. Any final words, co-hosts? Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, th- I think one we would love to hear your input on. Do you like longer podcasts, shorter ones? You know, I, I wonder if uh, anyone's disappointed that, oh, this is not a hour and a half long thing because we love hearing uh, uh, Dag and Watney and, and Big J's deep dive in, into the lore, which that, that was a comment that I uh, that I read on one of our uh, social media pages was that the I thought I, uh, the quote, the, the quote was, I thought I was a Star Trek fan, but with these guys do, do so many deep dives into the lore and the, and the knowledge, it's like, wow, you know, and it's right. You, you know, you, you guys surprise me all the time. Now, here's- You here's are my... a Star Trek fan. Yes. I will say. Yes. No matter yes. what you know about trivia and the lore, you are a fan. Yep. Nobody You're... can take your fandom away. Yes. Exactly. Here, here's here's a, the one closing thing that, that I have. So, and we talked about this last night when we were um, hanging out on Discord. The, the name of the episode, Temporal Edict, mm-hmm. that totally threw me off. Because I th- think last week, Dag, you were talking about that was going to be a time travel episode. I thought so. And I was wrong. I think you you made a reference on uh, it wasn't about time travel, but time management. Yep. And that that 
completely broke that that trope of you know time travel episodes always being about always having something in the name yes in the title of the episode and yeah mm-hmm. no very well done that was yeah that was a good observation mm-hmm. you made on that mm-hmm. thanks edicts come from the captain period <laughs> <laughs> those admiral uniforms oh my gosh i can't wait oh yeah yeah i cannot wait to see next week uh, episode four. So uh, once again, thank you so much for listening to us. We really love that you stuck around and check us out online. And until then, we'll see you next time. Yep, we'll see you. See you till next Cheers. time. Cheers. Long and prosper. We are Beyond Trek Podcast. Lower your inhibitions and surrender your years. We will add inspirational and hilarious Trek content to your day. Your attention will adapt to subscribe to us. Resistance is futile. <laughs>